everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the ugly cure to emotional eating, and really anything, again, where you feel you're doing what you know not to do. You have heard from the Lord on a a direction and a habit or a a new place that he's going, and yet you find yourself still doing old things. But specifically, this question was written in, um, wrote, written to me by one of our instructors, Revelation Wellness Instructing. Her name is Amy, and this was her question. She said, uh, she posted this back in our private Facebook page for the uh, instructor family. She said, good morning, family. I'm coming here because I know you will understand and because you are part of my family. I feel stuck right now. I've always struggled with emotional eating. I'm back in this place where I keep doing it over and over, even though I know all the right things to do. It doesn't matter if I'm teaching school or at home with my kids. The afternoon around 3 o'clock is when it usually hits me. It's always been that way for me. Because I'm teaching more now and away from home, I find myself more stressed stressed and emotional at times. So I want to fall back into old patterns of turning to food for comfort and a release. When I'm at a school, it's tough to be able to turn on worship songs or open my Bible. We don't have a lot of breaks. I can when I'm at home, of course. Anyway, all my clothes are tight right now because I've gained weight. Because of where I'm at right now, of course, I struggle with guilt every single time I emotionally eat. Anyway, if any of you feel led to pray, I would so appreciate it. Or if you want to say, me too, thank you, family. Love you so much. And that post was commented on by more people and just had a lot of activity because she's not alone. And there's a lie that we think because we have the credentials or the knowledge (laughs) that somehow we're no longer going to do what we do. And we know that's just silly. So today I'm going to get real and honest as always about some deeper heart work that I know that the Lord has given me a fresh word for this kind of crazy cycle that we do. And it is ugly. (laughs) Nobody really wants to do this part of the heart work. But if you're good to your heart and you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, He will give you the grace for this. So thanks for listening. Thanks for leaving a review on the podcast. Again, this is a Facebook Live. Um, And thanks for sharing. You can share this podcast right here by just clicking on the three little dots to the right of your screen. You'll see those and it just says share. This is a fun way to get people interested in this conversation of what freedom really looks like, heart, soul, mind, and strength. All right, enjoy this teaching and I look forward to talking to you again. Peace. Hi everybody, welcome to a Facebook Live. My name is Elisa Keaton, founder of this little page called Revelation Wellness, where we use fitness as a tool to spread the gospel message. And it doesn't matter when I say the word fitness, I know all types of images come up in your mind of what fitness looks like. Some of you think sweating, no pain, no gain, burpees, push-ups, sore muscles. That's really not the definition of fitness at all. So let me just take that off the shelf. Let's take it out of the box. Because fitness is a metaphor, a word for being well, (laughs) being able. I have a cup or I have a water bottle here and this water bottle is fit for the purpose of holding water in it. That's its purpose. Its purpose is to hold water. Now, if it was punctured or had a hole in it or a crack, then it would not be fit for its purpose. But it also doesn't mean it's not fixable. (laughs) It's in need of repair. And that's really what um, we do with the actual modality of fitness and food and everything that you could input in. We want it to say, how is this serving the purpose of my life? So that's what we do here. And today we are going to talk a pretty heavy subject, I think. Um, I know I have a fresh word for it, but it's about emotional eating. And honestly, if you've struggled with your weight, <laughs> um, this is like, it's 90%. I mean, there are, there are clinical reasons why 
Um, you could be um, overweight or and an unhealthy. And again, weight, there's health at every size. So don't, there's no exact number for one exact body type. But, but how are you doing? How are you feeling? It's an inner place. That's why nobody can tell you what fitness should be for you. I just can't. That's why the images you see will project into your mind what you should be. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's what your body needs or your body will respond to. So it's really individual because God is an individual God. He created you individually from a soul to a skin. (laughs) You're completely his uniquely and wonderfully fearfully made. So that's why this is a long conversation. This is an eternal uh, conversation to have with a God who loves you and made you. But there are medical conditions that could cause um, unnecessary weight gain. So I just want to make sure that we do put that on the table. That's that's there. But other, the most common is that we abuse food (laughs) or we neglect food. So I also want to talk to people here. They're like, well, I'm not overweight, but you emotionally restrict food. You have a visceral emotional response to food to the point that you might even notice you don't even know that you're eating food, that you're just kind of eating the food because it's just what you're doing. You're just going through the motions. So that's really important that we... (laughs) Pay attention and stay awake. Stay sober to your life. All right. So welcome as you're coming in for Facebook Live. I'm going to be really honest with you. My heart is pretty raw today. Um, and 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 I, I want, as I start to talk about this topic, I need you to know God was already working this topic into me before my day yesterday, which we I got some pretty heavy news. Um, if you know me, you know me in terms of the Revelation Wellness family, if you're a Revelation Wellness instructor. Um, you know for the last over a year now, my mom, for, uh, Christmas Day a year ago, was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. It was very progressive. It was pretty ugly. So we've been in that cancer battle for a year, and she is, let me just say, I am my mother's daughter. <laughs> I am my mother's daughter for sure, and she has battled well, but um, the cancer is it's nasty and it doesn't fight fair so it's back and um it's back with vengeance so yesterday was just one of those days where we got our we got what man would diagnose as the days how many days you know the diagnosis of how much longer you have so i don't say that to to be um uh i don't you know I don't want to distract, but God was already writing this in my heart, already um, preparing a place of what is this about, God? Why do we struggle with doing things we don't want to do? So prior to all this, first of all, let me just say, if you want to learn more about us, go to revelationwellness.org. We do instructor training. We train students, RevWell TV. Basically, I'm telling you, I can't say it enough. If you're in the, the Facebook feed, Maybe share a little bit of what you know about Revelation Wellness, but we truly, truly, truly are not about food or fitness. They're great things. We're going to use them well, but I'm telling you, this is gospel living through and through, all the way through, <laughs> that whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do it to the glory of God. And that Romans uh, 4.16 says that the kingdom is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of peace, righteousness, righteousness, peace, and joy. And that righteousness means right thinking, right speaking, right acting, right doing. How I, re- how I relate with creation, with God and with others in a right way, in a peace way, in a powerful way, in a kind way, in a courageous way, in an imago day, I bear God image kind of way. People will know they've encountered God when they just feel better by being in your presence. Um, I'm here to cast down religion. <laughs> anything that would shit on you, anything that would force you or tell you what you should, shouldn't do, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. He's more than capable, stronger than me. So I'm just going to trust him with that. But that's really what we do at Revelation Wellness. So that's why you see me here. Um, it's a weird kind of people sometimes get stuck on the fitness and the food and, and they they don't, they just want that. And we'll talk about that, but that's never the end goal for us. There's something, there's a higher conversation that we're going to have. So, um, let me just put the cards out there. Everyone has something. This is why every one of us is working something out. If you're sober to your life, 
you're working something out. You are not soaring through your day. You might have a great day. That's awesome. You might even have a great week. But something's going to set you up. Something is going to trigger you to say a nasty word or to think a terrible thought. Um, you know, and we, we make a mess. We're all kind of just these broken toddlers running around making a mess in grown-up clothing. We have these places in us that we have that we're not fit as I was talking about with the water bottle we're punctured we're bent we're cracked but that's not a place of shame that's actually a place of weakness where God gets to be glorified so we're not supposed to hide and cover that we can actually embrace that and that's where God meets us so that we can be made into new creations second Corinthians five seventeen: we are new creations old gone new is here old and new so as we process through, we're all doing something. We all have weird places. So maybe for you, it's emotional eating. It's not necessarily my thing, although although it will happen. As I do other things in my life, I call it acting out sideways. You're kind of just, you're sideways in it. You're not walking straight in it. You're just moving a little sideways because of some thought I have. Now that's the first thing, everyone, whether we're talking about emotional eating, you're stuck. You're just stuck. I feel like this is the mantle that the Lord's given me. The mantle, the the battle for which I'm born is freedom. I just want to see you all free. I want to see every shape, size, color, just be free. Just be totally you, beautifully, wonderfully you, because the world is waiting for your song for you to sing. Like you got a song in you, sing it. Until the world hears it, we are all a little more in the shadows. But as you come forward, we come forward, others come forward, and that's called freedom. So what's the opposite of freedom is bondage, chains, imprisoned, captivity, right? So when you see me come into your feed, and this will probably be the thing that I just, for the rest of my life, it's how do we continue to steward freedom, to get people unstuck? Because it might take a day for me to get stuck or a week for me to get stuck or an hour and I'm stuck again. But it starts first in what I'm thinking, right? What I, it's a thought, (laughs) a thought. Every, every Imago Dei human made in God's image has has a brain the brain works with the heart the the if if you don't have a brain there's no there's no life right uh sure you can be on life support but there's really no no free will there's no functioning thought in there that is um gives us this power to participate with god or to be deconstruction as well we can when we don't participate with god we are destructive to a good and purposeful plan but it starts in our mind. So let's just say emotional eating um, or doing, being stuck, having stinking thoughts or whatever it is, it starts here in a thought. So I, I want to, I'll be real practical with you. My, um, my husband been married going on 20 years and there's just things that he does. Amen. There are things that he does or something I see. Okay, so it starts with information comes into me. I have a filter. I have a story. I have just, that's where it's me like whenever I have a problem with you I actually have a problem with me because the filter of what I'm seeing if I can't see you as a mago day if I can't see you as made in God's image if I can't see you as the image bearer the wonderful creation even if you are the most hideous sinful being if I can't see past that it's because I'm I'm caked in a filter of this world of things that happen here pain hurt um, judgment, all these things. Because I'm convinced if we knew everyone's story, if we knew everyone's story, I don't, I think we'd all lay our weapons down. We'd all throw, we'd all drop our rocks. If we knew everyone's story, because nobody grows up to say, when I grow up, I'm going to be 400 pounds overweight. When I grow up, I'm going to abuse crack cocaine. When I grow up, I'm going to be a prostitute. When I grow no kid says that because in our hearts is purity, it's, create, it's creativity, it's this innocence that from heartbeat one, from heartbeat one, the enemy is under the attack to get you, to, to curse you, to generationally curse you, to get you in line with sin and death. And we're all born into sin I'm not born into 
peace and shalom. I mean, I'm born into war. Every one of us were born into war. And some of us it started right at the earliest places. So my filter sees things. I receive information. So that's why you guys, getting in God's word is crucial. I'm just going to stop right here. If you want to get unstuck, if you want to not do what you continually do, emotionally eating, you know better. And by the way, this question was spurred on by one of our Revelation Wellness instructors, a woman named Amy, who's like, listen, okay, you guys help me out. I've been through training. I know what to do, but here I am again, struggling. The pounds are back on. I'm doing what I know I shouldn't do. And I'm, you know, I got, the great part about it is the enemy loves it when we have credentials. He loves it when we, when he can come after us and say, you should know better. Look at all these things, you know, and you know what, everyone just jump down off the cross, just off the hook. You're off the hook. You're supposed, you say yes to God and you keep saying yes, even if the evidence doesn't show itself. You look to the unseen, not what is seen because the unseen places of you That's the place he's most interested in. He wants to weigh your heart, not your body. So as we can get honest with God, what am I thinking? That's why being in God's word, you need to renew your mind because the filter, which is putting information to your mind, is cruddied. It's just every day. Amen? Please, can I get an amen into the Facebook world? Every day, it's cruddied up. It just, it gets stuff on it. That's why, like, I am so diligent, like all day long of inputting good information all the time. I read the news. I want to know what's going on, but then I'm quick to put in good news and good seed and water it because I refuse to let the earth have the final say. If the earth gets final say, I will be hopeless and I will just run to the pantry or open a bottle of three or four or five bottles of wine or whatever I got to do to not to numb the pain. But I'm constantly the input that I put in then renews my mind and it keeps my filter and it 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 like immunizes and IVs fresh blood and water into my new creation. So that when the world comes for me, which certainly it will, to try and get me to doubt what God has said, to doubt who people are, to doubt the purpose, the mission, whatever my husband, then I can go and go, oh no, 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 no. So with my own husband, right, there are constant messages that I can receive that can wound my little girl heart, but that's a place that God wants to heal me. That's a perspective that I have of my husband based on my own history because he's a good man. I know what's true about him. So it's the first thing I just say, just make sure you spend enough time in what is good and what is true and what is noble and what is praiseworthy. If you steep yourself so much in truth that like a sponge, when you get squeezed, it's just good. You're, you're nourished. There's something that can come out of you of value. If you're dry, if your soil is dry, man, it's going to take only so long until you crack, until it just shatters. But if you're soaked in the word, you're more malleable. Think about it. Um, Have you ever had a hard piece of clay or a soft piece of clay? A hard piece of clay, it's dehydrated. It's lost all its moisture. It's no longer formable. But a clay that has holding water in it to some extent and the molecules of water there, and the more you knead it and warm it and move it, the more malleable it is. And that's what I want God to be doing all day, every day with my heart. So as we think about this emotional eating, there's this, the the input comes into my brain. So I need more time. I need more. You just, it's this cause to pause, everyone. I have absolutely convinced that if you would take the moment to be thinking, what are you thinking? Then there might be less of a, a hand to mouth response. Just think about what you're thinking. Take slow down. I know for the woman who put this in our Facebook feed, a Revelation Wellness instructor, family member, um, she's working, she's busy, and we are all so freaking busy. Like that's one thing to pay attention to are the margins that we have to create in our life. Are we spending time in the Lord when we can? Are we just getting what we need? I mean, I, I mean, you can use practical tools like reminders on your phone. I've talked about the Breathe app. I've talked about um, prompts on your phone just to settle down because the world is not going to wait for you. The world is not slowing its pace anytime soon. And if anything, it's going to get faster. So we as the people of God have to get more violent about being slower, being thoughtful, thinking about what 
were thinking. So my quest for the Lord, and I think this goes along with emotional eating, whatever it is, your body shame, your, your, you don't feel free. As I'm asking the Lord, Lord, here's what I read when I read the Gospels, is that I see Jesus, he has the ability to increase in love. His love never quit. His love was not, it didn't change its mind. It didn't back down. It was aggressively like love is love. This thing is not is fixed. <laughs> I'm not changing my mind about you. And love speaks truth because I'm not changing my mind about what I've said. It's it's love is concrete. It will be and it is. And so I'm asking God, Lord, I know, like, I want that ability. I want to love people. I want to grow in love. I just want to be able to love that no matter what my husband says or does, like, I'm so like my mind is so saturated in you that my heart has the ability to love then my mouth will speak love and i just like i'm i'm hungry for that and by the way if you're not hungry or if you're a little bit hungry for that great go and feed it because the more you feed it the hungrier you'll get for it and the more you'll want it and that will become a new appetite for you is god more of your love god i want to know more of your love i want to be struck down by your love I want to talk about your love I'm going to give away your love today at the grocery store and again it's just it's not um you know you don't have to be whole just love somebody say hello my gosh again no we're also digital on our phones like it's shocking to ask someone how their day is going and to really care like these are the things that God cares about he doesn't care about our productivity he doesn't care about how many Facebook followers or likes you got how many lives, how much love did we, did we, as a vessel, steward into the day and into the world, no matter what information came back? So God, I want to grow in the ability to love because I'm absolutely convinced that if you knew how loved you are by God, none of us would overeat. If we really knew how loved we are, we'd be so like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to eat those cookies because I'm sad. I'm not going to do that. Like we'd be so aware that love would reign. Love would trump all fear, all shame, all condemnation, all anxiety, all frustration. Love is, right? It's the thing that will be. These three, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. God is love. It's not what he's, it's not what he's doing. It's who he is. So the more we tap into love, then the more likely we're going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't need to do that. I don't need to think that. That's not true. Um, I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be tired. Love reigns here. Love reigns here. So as love goes up, what must come down? And I was asking the Lord that. And here's what Jesus did. As Jesus' love, he just, I mean, as spikes were going into his hands to say, forgive them. They don't even know what they do. I mean, come on. How close are you to that kind of lifestyle? <laughs> How close are you to that? Like somebody cuts you off. Somebody's rude to you at the wherever, the restaurant. How close are you? How quick are you to be like, man, they just, they must be having a rough day. Man, love them, Lord. How quick are we? I'm not. I'm just going to own it. Like I'm quick to get offended. But I'm also quick to go, Oh, whoa. Okay. 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 All right, body. Shh, sh sh flesh, shut up. Like that's my flesh. I'm aware. That's my flesh. That's my old nature. I have a new creation. Thank you, flesh, for cueing me up. Now the spirit will take over from here. <laughs> that really is how I live my life, growing in it. When I get bad news at work or things, you know, things hit, hit the fan, yeah, my first reaction is, oh, that sucks. Like, that's not what I wanted. I had expectations. I had hope. Oh, okay. Whew, all right. Thank you, flesh, for cueing me up. The spirit will take over now. Love goes up. Control must come down. The control, that, that's our flesh. That's what my flesh really likes to do is control. And that's why the world's way to losing weight or changing your life or changing and having more money or having improving anything that is you doing more of you will fail you. Because if your hustle is not holy, it will run you into the ground. And then even there, God will be waiting to say, do you want to try again? No condemnation. Let's try it this way. Let love be your hustle. Let love 
have its way. So for in order for something to die for new life to come. That's really what's happening. If you read Romans 7, for all those that you feel like, why do I keep doing what I don't want to do? Okay, so Romans 7, verse 20, verse 15, Paul says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do everything I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So let's be clear. When we don't do what we want to do, it's just sin having its way. That's why it's really important to think, what am I about to say? What am I thinking? Because I'm either partnering with the purposes of heaven or the purposes of hell. It's true. Purposes of heaven or purposes of hell. And when I don't do with the purposes of heaven, I'm partnering with sin, myself, the world, or my flesh. But let's make clear, it's sin that's doing it. It's not me. At least that Keaton is actually God's Imago Day daughter. He loves me. But there's sin in me. And the sin just takes a little bit for it to, to take hold of the reins and take control. So he's saying, like, why do I keep doing this? And it's the law, the law that is at work within me. But then Romans 8, and we learn that the law is is just sin and death that's what all the law showed us is that we couldn't do it that we fall short of it and we deserve we deserve death (laughs) really we the law you try to live by the law you can't do it and you really deserve to not have the thing you wanted because you can't even keep the law that's why people that calorie constrict or go on a tight fisted uh, quest of their own efforts that aren't god driven or gold run themselves into the ground it's death but in romans 8 we're told you have life in the spirit therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free there it is the battle for which i'm born the law of the spirit of life so there is a law but it's a law according to the spirit not of the flesh when i emotionally eat when I think of my husband in a old thinking pattern, it's just my flesh showing itself to still be a bully in my life. It's still trying to have its way with me. Verse 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. To set the mind on the flesh is death. If you keep living in step with what your flesh you that's why we got to be careful about the pace that we keep are we working too much are we leaving any margins what are we putting in are we coming home and just vegging out on the couch and watching mindless television that's really kind of just feeding my flesh and I get it listen I get it we're all tired and then we seek comfort but we're seeking it in the wrong place. He is the comforter. He tells us in Corinthians that God says, I'm the comforter. And if you'll encounter this comfort, then you'll be able to give away this same comfort to others. You need a comforter. But it's definitely not found on Netflix. I'm not to say anything. I enjoy good Netflix, but I have to know when is this thing replacing God to me? Am I, am I trying now? Am I numbing out? Am I refusing to go be with God when I know he's asked for some time with me? And he doesn't ask for much time. He's not a tyrant. He's a loving father who loves to hang out with his kids. That's why I was reading today in, in second, I think it's 1 Corinthians 5, 16, when Paul says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, always have a glad heart. If I can keep my heart glad while I sit down on that Netflix couch, then I'll probably be in a good position to watch some Netflix. If my heart isn't glad and I'm looking for Netflix to give me my gladness, I'm already spiraling into a place of sin and death. I'm just, again, these are all different shades, but no, it's no big condemnation. It's no condemnation, but you're saying, I keep doing this thing I don't want to do, Right? So we have the law of the flesh, which is sin and death, and the law of the spirit that is life. All right, everyone, let me ask you this question. I'm getting to the meat of the teaching now. What, what I think here's what we're missing. What, happen, what, is, what happens between death and resurrection? 
<laughs> this is where it's hitting my my um little sore spot today. What happens? I'm I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for Facebook Live. What happens between death and resurrection? What happens between the time that Lazarus dies and Jesus raises him? What's really going on? What's going on in the heart of the people? What's real? What's real? Keep going. Guys, you're getting closer. Getting closer. What's the real emotion? Because we're talking emotional eating. We're talking emotion of my thoughts. Keep going. Facebook Live. Keep going. What's the real emotion between death? What's the... There you go. Sam Kennedy. Mourning. Grief. 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 We are not good grievers. We're not really good grievers. We don't know what to do with our sadness. Yeah, Teresa, the sadness, the mourning, because here's the truth. Man, it's weird. I think it's an American culture thing too. We just kind of move through, stiff upper lip, keep going, get busy, make things pretty, whatever. But grief, that's this whole thing, this little diagram that I've been just sitting on my desk. Lord, how do I love others? How do I increase my ability to love others? while decreasing my desire to control or have an outcome or expectations or and he said grief you have to grieve elisa you're going to need to learn to grieve your expectations or the loss of what you had hoped for to grieve the loss of whatever was done to you like that grieving yeah we we i mean you go to other cultures like grieving is like an art like they take time there's days we just don't we don't really do that or what happens we do it too much and we make it our idol i was reading um reading a book um highly recommended uh you are free by rebecca lyons anyone reading it and she wrote this let me just read this and then i'll probably start to wrap this up a little bit but but grief i'm going to ask you to ask some questions because this i i just feel like this expectation we have this goes back remember i've talked about the disappointment the anger sadness is just bod the bodyguard or anger is the is bodyguard sadness i heard that quote i love it when i'm angry i'm really sad and my my protector is anger when I'm frustrated or worried, I'm really sad because I feel unsafe. And that frustration or worry is just my bodyguard. It's trying to protect me from feeling the sadness of whatever it is. What, what grief is there? What loss? What loss of expectation is really happening here, God? It's like we're all busy trying to lose weight when we're not really going... But, paying attention to the real loss we've encountered where's loss in me where's sadness in me where is there grief in me i'm preaching now this is why i told you to go back and listen to the podcast on gut health unforgiveness places where we are stuck we have made monuments to our sadness some type of battle wall we put up to go that will never happen to me again and really it's sadness i've never grieved i've never Grieve the innocence lost or whatever it is. Um, for, for people, they've said this. I heard this one time. For people that have um, abused their, uh, they eaten so much food, they've abused themselves 400 pounds, and you know, their body is not what it is cement, you know, what it looks like anymore. There's extra skin, and there's, it's just not going to be what it once was because there was a crime against their heart done. Right? And so there's... It was sin. It stole from you. You you lost because of sin. So grieve properly. Grieve. Grieve. But do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You get to grieve. But do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So there's a point of us just letting... When's the last time you've had like just a good, healthy grief cry? I'm not, I'm not, hear me. I'm the most, I believe I'm one of the most joyful people. I'm joy, but joy and grief can hold hands. Because joy isn't 
life of the party. Joy is like, I'm getting somewhere here. Joy is, I'm certain God is, I have divine assurance that God is good. But there's grief. So today, this is what grief looks like for me. Right? Like God's good. Even though uh, things look scary ahead. There's going to be a loss of control when it comes to my mom. There's just a loss of control. And I know her story. And it shouldn't have gone the way it went. But God is making all things new. All things new. This is him saying, I'm giving you what you want, Elisa. I'm answering everyone's prayers. Now grieve the expectancy. Grieve how you thought it would show up. Make space for me. Go ahead. I can handle it. We can handle the grief. I know. I think I was saying to my husband last night, I'm like, you know, I haven't really lost anyone I love dearly. I mean, I've lost a lot of, I've lost a lot, <laughs> but like a, a loved one uh, since I was 10 years old. Um, my great grandmother, when she passed away, 10 years, I'm 46, 36 years ago. <laughs> it's been a while since I've really felt grief. Um, and it's okay. Like it's good. It's beautiful. Let me read this from her book, You Are Free, Rebecca Lyons. Yes, it was from Rebecca Lyons. Man, I have no idea how long I'm going. I want to get off this. This will be, I'll make this a podcast too. So I don't want to go too long. Um, This is uh, what she says. Richard Rohr speaks of humanity's longing for wholeness in his book, Falling Upward. He points out that we long for a home where wrong is made right, where sickness takes flight. Mm-hmm. He observes that we long for redemption where death is raised to life. Wouldn't it make sense that God would plant in us a desire for what God already wants to give us? I'm sure of it, Rohr writes. There's an inherent and desirous dissatisfaction that both sends and draws us forward, and it comes from our original and radical union with God. There is a God-sized hole in all of us waiting to be filled. So what I wrote with that is, we're all of us have this sadness in us a little bit because <clears throat> wait I, I wrote it down and I want to say it right very simple we lost shalom and we can get it back we lost shalom but we can get it back so there's always that sadness did you know in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned the first things you see There are three things that we see, fear, shame, and guilt. They they are guilty. They did what they did, so they hide, and that's the shame. And they say, and they're afraid of God in hiding, fear, shame, and guilt. But really, all of those, fear is just sadness bodyguard. Shame is just sadness as bodyguard. Guilt, which causes us to often be defensive, angry it's just sadness is bodyguard we lost home we lost it but we can get it back if we're just available to the grief and losing just releasing expectation releasing expectation of people releasing expectation of what we thought it should have been all these things come on you know i know this is true and i feel this is why the people of god are stuck because from honest we're really angry with god We're not really fully loving him, fully, holy, and wholehearted, free of control because we're afraid if we were to do that, that's ultimate surrender. Someone wrote that in grief. Yeah, grief is that process of surrendering. God, I don't get it, but I trust you. You're good. It's a praise. It's a worship posture of our heart. So she ends, uh, this is Rebecca Lyon, but she says, but here's the truth I've found. We only find that wholeness, that unity with God and others when we allow ourselves to mourn the death of our worldly expectations. When we allow ourselves to mourn the death of our worldly expectations. We were living under the law, but we died to that. So there's, there's a mourning process of 
I really want to live according to my flesh right now. I really want to say these things. I really want them to do this or do that. Or God, I want you to do this or do that. I really want, notice where your control issues are. It's that control is why you overeat. I promise you. Even though you might say, well, if I could control myself, I wouldn't overeat. It's the fact you've lost control. You feel out of control. You feel frenzied. You feel fractured. You feel disconnected from love. So you plug into other things, right? We lose control. So we want to become better people at losing control. We lost shalom, but we can get it back. All right, so um, I hope this made sense to you. I just, I feel like, and again, God was already talking to me about grief. And then I get this really grieving news yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh. So now there's like real grief going on in my heart um, because it's just sad. <laughs> it's not how it's meant to be. If I sit with it too long and, you know, to the point where I want to feel everything that God's feeling for my for every person that's fighting cancer. He hates it. It's he makes it breaks his heart. Like I think my heart's broken. I can't even imagine how he like absorbs all the pain in the world, but he does because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Otherwise, he'd come down. Like and I know for honestly just in a personal moment for my mom We've been praying for healing. We've been praying for healing. and But I know her healing goes so deep. There would take so many layers of healing. Um, I almost feel like it's just so much work that she's tired and she's just ready. She's just ready. So I'm in this holy space of ushering her to wherever it is God wants her so that she'd be whole. It's just a lot. And I don't have to make sense of it. And I'm not giving up hope. I'm still leaving a space for God to be God. But there's a lot of healing that needs that would need to take place. Because I'm just going to finish with this. I'm telling you, this cancer is nasty. And go back to our gut health thing. We set ourselves up to partner with the things of heaven or the things of hell. And the things of hell are still kill and destroy. And disease and sickness and heart disease. Anywhere that you see disease, disease, that is the mark of hell. And we can choose to be with the alignment of God's love and purposes and nourishment and good purposes and everything we do, whether we eat or drink to the glory of God and righteousness, peace and joy. And then our food is just this lovely tool and we're just busy on mission. It's not about food. It's not about fit. It's not about how much body fat I have. My body works. My mouth speaks and I am here to proclaim good news. We can do that and foster health in our bones, in our body, or we can sit back and be victims and let the sin press against us and let it weigh us down and let us keep it in bondage, refuse to feel the grief, refuse to forgive, refuse, and we will be taken out. It's, that's, I just, that's all I got. So because my mom has taken lashings by the enemy I shouldn't be here <laughs> there's no way I should be here I'm my mother's daughter and hell was hoping so that I would be stuck in that same pattern but by God's grace he he broke it so there's like this whole new vine that's happening out of my despair, out of my brokenness, but out of what, for whatever reason, God's grace to give me the lens to see sin, to see brokenness, and to see it in myself first, and to cry for mercy, and to do the work, and to be a mess, and to grieve, and to be angry, and to be sad, and to be all over the freaking board, to release other people, and even though I want to make it about them, because I've seen the other way around, and it doesn't work if you keep people on the hook. It just doesn't work. So... You get to choose. <laughs> choose well. All right. I'm going to pray. I don't even know. Did any of that make sense? I have no idea. I just know it's a fresh word and I know it's right. Oh, so here's some questions and then I'll go. Um, for emotional eating or you're stuck 
And this is this place of loss and grief and processing it through. Um, what expectations have I placed on my life? God, you just get in a quiet place and God say, what expectations have I placed? Because this goes back to we must mourn our worldly expectations. We must mourn our flesh-like tendencies. We got to, that's in order for, we got to give it a proper burial. Like let it die. A proper burial, not just a body gone missing. Like let's kill it, destroy it, put it in the grave, but properly grieve this expectancy of what I thought my life would be or what I thought my marriage would be. What expectations have I placed on my life? How about this one? What expectations have I placed on my body? So I just need to say this. Some of you, you don't really need to lose what you've made it an idol. And you're like, oh, I'm doing it again. You've, you've gotten this heightened drama around your body. And you've slapped a Jesus label on it. And you're saying, I know I shouldn't be doing it. And it's legalistic. So I want to release that. Just that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's just a joke. Like your body works. Now I'm talking to the person that knows God has gracefully, lovingly said to you and keeps, he's patient, he's kind, but there it still is. I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. I'm numbing out. I am trying to control. I feel like I've lost control. I'm turning to food. I'm busy. I'm making no time. I'm leaving, right? Come on. You know what I mean? Like there's a momentum there of, of only God can say hard things to us and comforting words at the same time where we have we actually feel encouraged hard but encouraged so I'm talking to that person when it comes to your body because the there are expectations that we put on our body like I'm 46 years old I do not have the same expectations of my body that I had when I was 21 and when I start to do that I have to repent grieve it I'm not that anymore. I'm, and then rejoice in what I do have. Like today, this is amazing. And that's the thing. So I say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve. But there's a certain point in the Bible when they would grieve that there'd be like, no more grieving. We're, we're now going to rejoice. We are going to be people of God. We've paid attention. We've, we've, we've done our lament, a proper burial to our old self. Expectations killed. What expectations have I placed on you, God? That's another one. What is that expectation? And then the second question. So those are just kind of what expectations have I placed on my life? You can just ask anything. What expectations am I placing on my husband? What expectations am I? Expectations. We do it. We think, hey, Jesus says, ask anything. Okay, why isn't that happening? God, I have expectancy that you're, oh, wait. My expectancy is how I think you should do it. He didn't say how we do it, just that he do it. So release. Mourn what it is, the loss of it right now, so that joy can come in the morning. And then the other question on this is, what would it look like to properly grieve this loss? Just ask him, what's it look like? This expectation, this this loss of what I think or the body, or what would it, what what would a proper burial service look like, God, where I can feel the feels without becoming consumed by them, right? Our feelings are meant to be felt, not done. You feel them. You let them water your heart. Let your tears water and keep your heart soft and compassionate for the purposes of God. All right, I'm going to pray. Yeah, that's the question. What would it look like to properly grieve the loss? To grieve the loss of the whatever your expectation of your body or the loss of your expectation the loss of whatever it is I whatever it is I'm, I have had a, such a season this has been a year of nothing but loss an incredible gain <laughs> I have to say it I can't explain it but I've gained so much and I've lost so much and so learning to really grieve and grieve well and be free love up control down I want to become a better lover of people, so I have to release. I want to become a better lover of God, so I have to release how I think he's going to show up. I just have more space inside of me. All right, let me pray. So, Lord, we thank you. You're permissible with us. There's nothing off limits with you, God. You want access to every, every place of our heart. 
And God, we confess that we have been afraid to feel things or mourn things or to really let go and lose and surrender completely, God. That it would look devastating, that it would be too devastating, God. So we open our eyes to you and say, shine your light. Do your search and rescue, God. And help us to mourn and grieve properly, God, and to lament in a way that gives you great glory. It would be a sweet sacrifice to you, God. We know that in heaven we will never give this type of sacrifice to you. There will be no loss. There will be no pain. So, Lord, show us what it looks like to grieve well. Jesus wept. The shortest Bible verse in all the Bible. Jesus wept. So, Lord, give us. I just unlock it in Jesus' name. I unlock the places that have been padlocked where we haven't felt a grief. God, ask for a holy grief to be released upon your people so that there would be space for you, like green, fresh air to breathe. God, that all the boxes, just the things that we've stored up and kept off limits, Lord, that you'd have access to it, to, to grieve, to have the sorrow that is godly sorrow that leads to repentance, to fullness of life, to restoration on our feet, God. And God, I speak to all the bodies that are hurting, diseased, the ones that have pain in their bodies, Lord, that this is just a symptom and you are curing, God. You are getting to the root of the illness, Lord, in all of us. So in Jesus' name, as the work is being done of each person, because God, you healed and then now go and sin no more, Lord, that we wouldn't repeat the patterns in our life that keep us sick, that keep us mentally locked up, that keep us depressed or hopeless, God. So we bind up all those ways the enemy would try to confuse us and keep us from a full cleansing and restoration and healing. So full healing, complete healing in your people, God, all the way through. All bones and bodies would be rectified to you, God, as love increases on the earth for you. Come and do what only you can do, God. Muscles relax, striving cease, rest increase, God. Help us to soak in you, to be loved by you, God. And and we're not going to work hard at this. We're just going to let you do it. We give you permission to be God of our hearts, the king of our heart. Emotional eating control, neglect, we're on to you. And in Jesus' name, you need to sit down, be shackled. You're in chains. Our hearts are free. Our minds are clear. Our taste buds are renewed. And we seek obedience because it comes from love. More of that in our hearts. In Jesus' name.